The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. As we've been reporting today, Ford is said to be preparing to cut as many as 8,000 jobs in the coming weeks. We're told the automaker's trying to boost profits to fund its investment in electric vehicles. Joining us now with more is Keith Norton. He's Bloomberg Auto Reporter in Detroit. So, Keith, where is the axe going to fall for Ford? Well, it'll be broadly with salaried workers, not the factory workers, but uh, the white-collar folks. And much of it will come from this new division that um, Ford created called Ford Blue, which is their internal combustion engine vehicles, the traditional gas burners. Um, CEO Jim Farley wants to lower costs by $3 billion by 2026, and he wants his traditional vehicles to make more money so that they can fund their very large electric vehicle ambitions. So, Keith, if you look at 8,000 jobs, do we know how that may translate into a dollar amount? I mean, what would the cost savings be on, on a job reduction of that magnitude? You know, it'll be a big chunk of that $3 billion that they're going after, for sure. That is the quickest way to, you know, hit a cost uh, target that large is to eliminate people. And uh, just, you know, to put it in context, Ford has 31,000 U.S. salaried workers. It has over 40,000 salaried workers in North America. This is where most of these cuts will be coming. That's a big chunk of the salaried workforce. So how's Ford progressing in this pivot from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles? So far, its first couple of models have been very promising. Uh, the first one that came out last year was the electric Mustang Mach-E, which is kind of a, a crossover sport utility vehicle that has sold very well. Um, it put Ford second, a distant second, behind Tesla uh, in the United States last year, where they remain through the first half of this year. Um, and then the second uh, big EV they have is the uh, F-150 Lightning pickup truck, which just debuted in May. Uh, They had uh, 200,000 pre-reservations for that. Um, They have very high demand. Their their EV sales were up year over year in June by 76%, admittedly off a low base. You know, it's it's a different um, magnitude altogether than where Tesla's at right now. But Jim Farley, their CEO, says he wants to catch them and surpass them. Yeah, when I think of Ford trucks, I think the commercial division, too. I mean, that's a pretty big part of their business. Do you think, can we see a path for Ford to kind of move into EV trucks in the near term so it's not just focused on kind of the the consumer? uh... Absolutely. That's a big part of their strategy because Ford is 
a, a leader in commercial vehicles, a, a far and away leader um, in things like pickup trucks and vans. And that's its third electric vehicle. Its transit van also now comes in a, an electrified version. Their idea is they're, they're electrifying the vehicles that are already strong sellers for them. And, um, and, and they feel that gives them a built-in market as they roll them out. We heard from Tesla a little earlier today, and uh, one of the uh, points that was made on that call was that it's done okay navigating around supply chain difficulties. Uh, how's Ford been coping with uh, the supply chain issues? You know, it has waxed and waned for them. Uh, they were hit very hard last year and in the first quarter of this year, um, particularly in their cash cow, the F-Series pickup truck, which makes them most of their money. Uh, but then they did better in the second quarter in the United States. They actually had a a small 1.8% sales improvement in the second quarter and a very strong June. Uh, so um, they seem to be improving their situation, but like the rest of the industry, they won't be out of this supply shortage for a long time to come. Yeah, and that's really been showing up uh, mostly on the semiconductor side, but I'm curious on the battery side. Is Ford partnering with anyone to make lithium batteries that would be used in these EVs? Yeah, so they are. They have a partnership with SK Innovation of South Korea. They're building three battery plants in Tennessee and Kentucky and a new electric vehicle um, truck factory in Tennessee. And that's an $11.4 billion project, those four factories. So that, that's the way uh, they've been doing it. Bloomberg has also reported that they might begin receiving batteries from CATL, the, um, the Chinese uh, battery supplier. So they, that's, a, that's a big part of the EV emerging EV race is who can lay their hands on the most battery supply. So how's the outlook looking for Ford for the second half? You know, uh, pretty good. As I said, the the chip supply situation is improving. Uh, they still have very strong selling traditional uh, internal combustion engine vehicles like the Bronco SUV, uh, and they have waiting lists for for those models. So, um, and they have focused their efforts on the higher profit vehicles, SUVs and trucks, and that is uh, turning out to be a good strategy for them. What do we know about the way that Ford thinks about incentive programs that may be sponsored by the government? Is that does that get baked into their projections? I mean, are they looking at what Washington is doing to try to encourage the adoption of more electric vehicles? For sure. And they definitely support things like the um, $7,500 um, tax credit that you get for buying an EV. So, so absolutely, they support that. They feel the government has to play a role in trying to nurture the market and also in trying to establish a uh, charging infrastructure in this country. You know, if you look at a five-year chart of Ford, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's going sideways, really. It's up 8% in the past five years. I mean, what needs to happen to break it out of this trading range? Is, is uh, uh, EVs the, the answer to this? Yeah, if you look at a more narrow range, since Jim Farley became CEO in October of 2020, the stock has, has been up. It more than doubled last year. It was the biggest gainer among all automakers last year. This year, it has been down, you know, almost 40%, um, as which is more than the S&P 500, of course, but it's also part of the whole sector being down, including players like Tesla, because of concerns over inflation and the supply uh, snarls that have really, um, you know, bedeviled the industry. So uh, it, it kind of waxes and wanes. It certainly is down at the moment. 
Keith, good stuff. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Keith Naughton, uh, Bloomberg auto reporter in Detroit, talking about the news that broke today. Ford Motor preparing to cut as many as 8,000 jobs in the coming week. They're trying to raise some money uh, to, well, to basically fund their investment in electric vehicles. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.